Welcome to Curito Connects. I'm your host, Jen, and I've been conversing with friends around the world about life challenges and impactful moments. Conversations on this platform look at answering the questions, how we overcome challenges and how our experiences shape who we are and the work we do today. I hope this work can inspire you on your own personal and individual journey. Let's dive right in. Hello, my guest today is Chantelle Flake, a childhood friend, loving daughter, sister, wife, and mother to five kids. She lives in Mapleton, Utah as a health and wellness coach at Octavia, a company that delivers guidance and inspiration on your wellness journey. Hi, Chantelle. Hi, Jen. This is like our third time doing this, so I hope... I it has been way too much talk, too much fun talking to you. So we just want to do it again. This technology wanted us to reunite again. Yes. Um, so I'm really happy to have you on my podcast and uh, wishing you a happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah. So this podcast is about sharing challenges, overcoming them, and how it shapes the person you are today and the work you do. So when I asked Chantel, um, she had told me that the incident that really impacted her was when she failed her AP Euro history exam in high school. And obviously as an Asian kid, I think I can definitely relate to her feelings about this. Uh, I don't really remember if I took any AP exams, but grades, school, not succeeding in those definitely can really impact you. Uh, So could you walk us through that process uh, and why this particular experience till this day is what helped you recognize that shift in mindset for you and how you apply it to your day-to-day in your relationship with your loved ones and your clients, etc. Yes, absolutely. It is interesting. Like when you say that, Jen, I think those, those hard experiences and maybe those failures, they kind of do stick in our mind a little bit more <laughs> because you can't even remember if you passed it or not or what happened because Sometimes those failures are what well, quote unquote failures are what we, um, those, those are our growth moments. Those are the times that we learn the most. And I'm grateful for this experience for years and years. I kind of didn't talk about it. It was a source of like a lot of discomfort for me, but as, um, in recent years, I've decided to talk about it and kind of bring it up. And it's funny when you put light to that, put light on it, I, it's, it's really not as big of a deal as I thought it was in the moment. Right. But it really um, has helped me understand. So in the moment when, you know, being the only, one of the only students, I think there was like one other student in the class that really didn't attend. I was the only student that attended to it and tried to pass this course that didn't pass the course. And it was humiliating at the time. And I, I, I would, I was just so embarrassed the fact (laughs) where it was a lot of shame of, um, I made that mean something about myself. Um, I, at the moment I thought, well, you know, I took it to mean that I wasn't smart enough. Um, well, fast forward, I think that was about a year where I took it pretty hard and I decided kind of made a shift. We all have that shift moment, right? Where it's like, it could either make or break you. And I wanted to make that, I didn't like that feeling. And so I decided to shift that to, you know, my brain couldn't believe that it couldn't go to like, oh, you're really smart as I was believing I wasn't smart enough for so long, but it could go to, you know what, you know how to work hard. 
you know how to work hard and maybe it doesn't come completely naturally like all your friends <laughs> or at least that's what you think you you know your friends are like but but you can work hard and you can make this happen and that's your gift is that you you know you you can do it and so that's what I did and that next year I decided to take more college courses and instead of saying I will never take it again you know I kind of leaned more into it and um, I was I I I took lots of college courses. I ended up graduating with my associate's degree when I graduated from high school. It was a an, a program that my high school is doing, which is amazing. And and then um, further on, was able to graduate with my bachelor's degree a year later after that because I was taking so many courses. And um, what I've made that to mean in my life is as I've kind of practice those things, um, that growth mindset is what I call it. Um, I know many have heard that lingo, but is that I've applied that in other areas. So when I was encountered with this opportunity to become a health coach and, and to help other people, I knew it probably wasn't going to be the sort of thing where I was going to be good at right away. I kind of knew that in the back of my head. And honestly, I don't think that I would be where I am or I would have been able to help a lot of other people if I would have believed that at the beginning, because I would have quit <laughs> three months in, you know, I wasn't gaining a lot of traction, but I knew in the back of my head, you know, just keep going. I know I can get better at this. I know if I put in hard work, I'm the type of person that puts in a lot of hard work and I can do this. Yeah. You're, you're and, definitely not a quitter right there. <laughs> oh, no. So 10 years later, now that I've been a health coach, it's, it's because of that experience with that, with that exam, I believe that has helped me get to this point. So can we rewind a little bit and go back to that period where you took that exam? Because if I recall, no one really pressured you to have to succeed like in your quote unquote academics, right? That was kind of something you like put on yourself. And also I, you know, your family, all seven siblings, you guys are all star athletes. So I also remember that, you know, you you were on the volleyball team, on the basketball team. uh, And you had also mentioned that when you failed this AP Euro history exam, (laughs) that you decided to leave the basketball team senior year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like it's exactly. a, I think for any high school kid, that's a, an athlete, also high school athlete, that's a big deal. Like you, that was a decision you made. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't your parents. Yeah, it was, it was the opposite. My, my parents actually wanted me to stay in basketball. They were very disappointed that I was not staying in basketball, but you know, they, they, they support me no matter what they just, they, they saw that, you know, that, that if I could do both, you know, and I knew, I knew they encouraged me to discover what I really wanted. And that's when I took a moment. And when I was being honest and truthful with myself, basketball didn't, wasn't important to me. I was doing it. I don't even know why I was, I guess <laughs> I, I just, I wasn't excited about it. It wasn't a full body. Yes. It was like, eh, if it's convenient, I'll play basketball, but it wasn't. And I got I clear. Yeah. There was a fun story to that, right? You said your dad and your grandfather both put bets on, on having you stay on the team. Yep. They put down, they put down money and my grandpa said, okay, I'll double that. And, and I just, I walked away from it and said, no, I really, I really feel like I need to 
focus on my studies. I knew that that's what it took for me. I'm a very focused person, but with that comes the opposite of if I'm not being focused, I don't excel in a lot of things. And so I knew that for me, I had to, I learned that about myself. So, but you finished your BA very early on than most, most, um, like, you know, you graduated before I did. (laughs) So, so it, it, did, did that also apply in terms of your mindset of like, wow, you know, you finished before all your other peers and now what's next? Yeah, I, I guess it wasn't, I guess the time I wasn't, it, it really wasn't a competition thing. I, I didn't really, I didn't really think of it in terms of that. It was more, I knew that I could do it and I saw the path and I was just so I had the energy around it. It was like, oh, well, once you, once you know, you can, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to do that. If I, it's kind of like living your best self, like my goodness, like, yes, I want to, I want to, I want this path. Yeah. And how would you say that this applies to uh, motherhood for you too? Right. And how you translate this set mindset to growth mindset with your kids. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one, Jen, <laughs> because actually yesterday, Tyler, Tyler and I celebrated 15 years of being a parent <laughs> because my oldest just had his 15th birthday. So also I think that's a celebration for us too. I don't know if there's like some medal that we uh, get at this point, but, um, you know, it's, it's parenthood. I'm not going to, by any means <laughs> act like I'm an expert, um, because we just have 15 years under our belt, but and I, I mean, parenthood is the perfect example of, of a growth mindset because there, it is extremely humbling to be a parent. You have to do all the things wrong <laughs> before you feel like you do anything right. And we have five children. And so each one of them is so unique. Like they look, they all have a mold where they look the same, <laughs> very similar, but man, their personalities are nothing alike. So once you have it figured out with one child, it's like, you just start right over on child number two. And then you just keep doing that. And you really do like, I, on the daily, I struggle with thoughts of maybe any parents listening out there can relate to this, but you struggle with thoughts of you're not enough. You kind of feel like a failure because it's not like the kids are coming to you and expressing gratitude every day. Right. <laughs> like telling you how good you're doing. I mean, that takes like 30 years down the road before you get any of that. Sometimes but maybe not even 30. <laughs> maybe never. Okay. You have to be okay with that. <laughs> Actually, my son did say last night, he came up to me and gave me a genuine hug and said how much he loved dinner. I was like, hold up. This is amazing. So, you know, you get some gratefulness, but maybe not in terms of like bigger life parenting, but, um, I, how this applies is that the, the failures in parenthood. And as you were raising these, as I'm raising these kids, you know, I'm okay with not being perfect with that. I feel like my kids are teaching me just as much and I'm trying. And I tell my kids that on the daily, I say, I have no idea what I'm doing. Did you know that? No idea. We're just making this stuff up as we go. If they get mad at me for like a certain rule, I put in, I was like, I totally made up that rule. I have no clue what I'm doing, but it's a rule. <laughs> and it's so funny to see their face. They like give me some grace after that. They're like, oh yeah, she has no idea what she's doing. <laughs> so it's a philosophy we live by around here. 
And how, how do you handle fights between them? There, I mean, there's five <laughs> of them. Your oldest is 15. The youngest is four, right? Four. Yep. 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 And you know, the, so we have four boys and then one girl at the end. And it's really interesting because everyone is super sweet with the baby girl at the end. They're just, she's the princess and I do not tolerate <laughs> any, like if anyone touches or anything, I'm like, uh-uh, nope, 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 don't touch Tessa. You know, she's our little princess, but I'll tell you those four boys, <laughs> my oldest, oldest four, they um, are rough and they, they are boys and they are boys. Like they, they just, they love to fight. And even it, I feel like early on, I would kind of intercept and say, Oh, don't do that or whatever. And they just be like, they turn to me and be like, mom, we're just playing. Like, we're not actually mad. We're just acting like we're mad. And so, <laughs> so now I feel like I'm not sure if this is good parenting advice, but even when it does turn serious, I'm very much in the boat of letting them figure it out. Like I just, I kind of walk away when they're fighting and just let them figure it out. <laughs> Again, probably not the best parenting advice, but it works for me. I could either like get involved in every single situation and wear myself out as a parent, or I could just let it play out and see how it turns out and deal with it one if we need to at that point. Yeah. And I, and I recall this uh, story that you mentioned about your son's, um, a softball baseball team game where the team wasn't winning. And, and I thought that was a really beautiful way of describing the whole mindset as well. Right. In terms of encouraging him to go, cause he, he didn't want to go towards the end of the season. And it's like, well, we've been losing every single game. Like, why should I go? But then encouraging him to go. And when he went, not because of him, but the, the, I guess, you know, the whole team itself and that spirit, the team spirit, they actually won that day, right? I, I think that's what you said in that storyline. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what happened. And it was rough. It's like, you know, we've all been at that point where we're just not winning in life, right? Whether it's an official game or it's just the game of life or whatever. And you just feel like giving, giving up because you're not seeing the fruits of your labors. You're not seeing anything come to pass. And so we did, we had to have a talk with him because he really wasn't going to go to the next, go to the last game. He's like, there's no point in going to the last game. <laughs> and sometimes life shows up like you really want it to. And that was one of those moments where it's just like, as a mom, you're sitting on the side, like, you're just like, couldn't have planned this better. This is amazing, amazing life lesson because the team pulled it through. They won the game. And I was just like, amazing he's gonna remember this for the his the rest of his life Hopefully. yeah I just, I just wanted to make sure that we had that on uh, recording so you know, 10 years later he can listen to this and be yes. like that's right that's that was my mom she she taught me that uh, <laughs> but which you know that example also really applies to uh working with your clients right and you know as a as a health and wellness coach uh, I'm sure you see this a lot, whether they want to lose weight or wh whatever it is that they approach you with in terms of the issues that they're trying to, they're dealing with, or they want to overcome. Would you say that a lot of it is mindset first, you know, versus like, it's, it's the diet, it's the working out, it's the habit, it's the commitment, right? So what, what do you, what's your usual take when you talk to these individuals who come, come to you for your consultation and working with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. It's, I would say 99.9% .9 mindset <laughs> is, is where it's at. And that's what has to be addressed first. Um, it's so much of what our beliefs are about, about it, um, to what will take us there. I mean, I could talk 
for hours on this topic. There is no amount of, um, like just trying to do health, um, or versus being health, like having your mindset behind it makes all the shift. I see people trying to white knuckle it. Um, especially when they come to me for the first time, they're like, I've tried everything. I am so exhausted. I've died my whole life. You know, my genes just are not in my favor. <laughs> my hereditary, you know, my parents struggle all, you know, they have all these concepts about, you know, why it's not going to work for them and how hard it is. And they're literally like, if you were to imagine, like, you know, they're white knuckling it, they're holding on so tight. They're taking it so seriously. And sometimes you think like, that's a good thing, but it exhausts them. You can't do that for the rest of your life. You can't, you can do that for a short amount of time, but health is the ultimate long-term thing. <laughs> and so my goal, when I talk to an uh, individual is to really understand, first of all, where they're coming from, because I get it. I've been there. I've white knuckled my way through health, thinking that that was the way got to take it seriously. Right. <laughs> but then when I realized there is another way, it actually is very simple. It actually feels like loosening the group, the, the grip. So when you're saying you white knuckled your health as well, what examples do you usually share with clients in terms of your own experience? Uh, or do you start off by saying like, I, you know, I'm, Sh I'm Chantel Flake. And uh, when I feel like my AP Euro history exam in high school, you know, that was, that's my example right there. And then you go into, you know, and then you go into I, I have never shared that with the client yet, but I probably should. I mean, yes, there, I, I feel like this shows up a lot in my life, but with health specifically, um, when I talk about white knuckling, it would, there was a, a point in my life, especially right after I had my first, first baby where it was very much like health seemed very serious to me. I was working out. I was the fitness instructor. I was working out seven to nine. Um, I was teaching seven to nine classes and, and I felt like if I did not keep up that exercise regimen, I would gain weight. I felt very hungry all of the time. I'd wake up and try to like save my calories to the point in the day where I'd be like, so starving that I just would eat. My husband would come home from work at, um, 5 30 PM. And I literally could not wait to eat dinner until 5 30 PM because I was so starving. So I would eat like right before him and I would feel so bad. I'm like, I couldn't wait. I just felt like I was starving all the time. I had low energy because of my classes. And it was just, I felt like at any time I would step on that scale and the scale would be going up and that that would be the moment that everyone talked about. Cause people said, Oh, just wait till after you have your second baby, things change. Oh, you were able to get back to your goal weight, like first baby, but second baby. Oh no. And I was just like, I had these like fears that people had told me in my brain of just like, at any point I'm going to lose control of my health and I won't be a healthy person. Like I can do it now. Yeah. If you looked at me, you would have never guessed any of that because I looked healthy, but my mindset was not healthy. <laughs> and so, so that was white knuckling for me. What, what it looks like to loosen the grip for me with health is to sit back and literally take it lighter. It doesn't mean to not value it and make it a priority in your life. It means to loosen it and know that 
this is a lifelong thing. This is something we're going to do for the rest of our life. Health is not, there's not a start or an end goal. I put some healthy habits into place. I had to gain some education. I, what I was doing was actually the way that sumo wrestlers train to eat. I did not want to be a sumo wrestler. I was not conserving my calories and eating them all at one time and like only eating a couple of days. I realized, oh, eating six small meals, balancing my blood sugars. You know, I had to learn like some skills. Yes. And that's where you need education and knowledge and you need these tools. And that's what I teach people. But I had to have the mindset of letting go. And you know what? Maybe there's something different that I can learn. <laughs> and I just felt more I, during this process. I can't say it was like a sudden thing for me. Once I started living these habits, I realized that it, it wasn't about it wasn't all about exercise either. I had a very exercise-based thinking that that was all health. It is so many healthy habits. It's nutrition, it's sleep, it's um, uh, mindfulness, it's stress, right? It's like so many things to make sure that you're addressing with your health. And that's when I just started to relax. And I told a client this the other day and she literally just had her jaw drop. She's, I said, I can tell you right now, that when I'm a hundred years old, cause that's my goal. I want to live time a hundred <laughs> is when I'm a hundred years old, I know for sure. I could bet everything, my whole life on the fact that I will be a healthy person. I can tell you right now, that doesn't mean that maybe I will gain a few pounds. I, I really don't care what I weigh at that point. I, I don't, it's, it's not, I know I'm going to be a healthy person. And she said, how in the world could you know that? I'm like, that's called 10 years of living a healthy lifestyle and you gain confidence from that. So you're not going to gain that in one day. You're not going to gain that in a week or a month. You keep living the healthy habits and you gain confidence to where, you know, you're going to be that long-term. Wow. Okay. So that was a lot to take in, obviously. I mean, just when you reflect back 10 years ago and where you were at, I mean, you have then had four kids later. And obviously after you had your first son and learning about where you were at physically, emotionally, mentally, learning all the tools, gaining experience with Octavia, right. To learn how to be a coach as well for others, because it really helped you. And I think you probably felt very empowered as well and used your growth mindset set, which you know, going back to AP Euro history, that same application of like, you were like, I'm going to do this, learn what I need to know, like gain all this knowledge um, and apply, apply it to, to your work. So that is something that's really empowering to, to share. And, and obviously that's how you, you start with your, your clients. Right. So what do you think, you know, in terms of just in general, when people are and it doesn't have to be a health thing, right? It could be anything, actually, anything. What's, what's your way of telling others how to apply growth mindset? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're, you're right, Jen, like that time that I, you know, the change has to happen with yourself first. Right. And when you see that happen in yourself, you gain that confidence and you can't help but share. It's like just a shift that you, it just is mind blowing. Like you just sit there, you're like, how did this even happen? Like you, you see the process play out in your life. And so you're, you want to share that with others. 
you're wanting you're 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 wanting to see that effect in other people's lives. I mean, there's so your question is like, how does that play out in lots of areas of my life, right? Like different different places. I think with parenthood, 100%, with my clients, 100%, with my faith, 100%, um, with spirituality, um, my my friends, <laughs> I feel like with every aspect of my life, with my relationships, I think, I mean, one thing we haven't talked about is like a marriage, you know, like any, any relationship, any long-term relationship for me, that's my husband and I have been married just over 16 years now. And it's, it's like applying these things, knowing that like, I'm not, I feel like that's why I'm here on earth is like, we we're supposed to be here and we're not supposed to have it figured out. Right. We're, we are like the, the whole process is to learn as we go. And if we ever think somehow we have this false thing in our brain that, that tells us like, we have to have it figured out. And we get so discouraged when we don't have it figured out day one. Think back to when I um, was a parent for the first time. I didn't become a parent, didn't have my first child because I thought I had it figured out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like that's like when, when it all started, the growth started at two. It's like, I, I knew I didn't have it figured out, but I, I wanted, I was accepting that growth. And so I'm not perfect at this. And I have to relearn this aspect because my mind does want to tell me that I still struggle with this on the daily. Like I'm not enough. I'm a failure, all these things. But now I hear those voices or I hear that, I hear that false self and I'm able to identify it quicker and say, is that true? I think that's just a thought because that's not truth to me because in the past, my past experience has proven that that's not the case in my life that I have to grow and develop. So it helps me embrace those challenges. In Octavia, we have a, we have a saying in our leadership where we say, um, ops, uh, we embrace obstacles as the way. So instead of trying to avoid the obstacle, <laughs> well, I should say the first part is we seek growth, we embrace obstacles as the way. So when we, when we look at obstacles as a, as a way of, this is my stepping stone. This is not a roadblock. You see it very differently. You don't want to just like skirt around or say, oh, darn, that's sure too bad that that happened to me. Or like I, and start comparing yourself to other people Like they don't have these challenges and that's why they X, Y, Z or whatever you're wanting. It's like, no, actually, this is what's going to help me to get to the point that I want to be at. That's so funny that you guys have that tagline of the obstacle is the way. Did you guys uh, read the Ryan Holiday book, which is titled Obstacle is the Way? Yes. Yes. I've read that book and that's a fantastic book. Fantastic book. Yeah. So we'll link that in this, you know, in the comments of this, of this episode, because it's that just, when you said that, I was like, huh, Ryan Holiday's Obstacle is the Way. Exactly. What encompasses what you just said? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So I am very curious because you come from such a big family mm -hmm. and if anyone follows you on social media, they know that you post a lot about, you know, reunions and gatherings and kids and siblings and, you know, and I just have to ask, like, it, it's, it's really that perfect. 
I just imagine, you know, I, I want, you know, at any reunion, you guys have about 30 or more, right? Like of three generations hanging out on a weekend. It's just so awesome because at least, for, you know, where I'm standing and where I'm at in Taiwan, I feel like family gatherings are not as big as that anymore, right? Like families are getting smaller and smaller. Uh, but in terms of family dynamic, uh, are, are is or I guess is everyone in your immediate family also growth mindset and very you know wellness and positive and everyone <laughs> no one fights and there is no like no judgment no disagreements you know that I feel like growing up in a big family I think that it, um and I I think any family it doesn't matter the number by any means you know you're still learning these same things but you have the opportunity to learn these from a very young age and um and just kind of with the mindset that I was talking about before you know with obstacles I think it's how you view them right like yeah we of course have those disagreements we we see things very differently um we you know have differing opinions and whatever but I think it's it's what you make that to mean, right? It's like, I really truly believe, believe that it's okay that we all don't agree. I'm not even trying to get my siblings to agree with me. <laughs> like it's, it's, I don't want people, I don't want this world to show up like uh, millions of me's. I'm not trying to get everyone, like it's respecting others' opinions and being like, oh, that's really interesting that you see it this way. It's almost like better in a family that we have like all differing opinions so that we're like, we're more diverse. So I think it's, it's not that there aren't those struggles. Yes, there are, but it's how you see it. Do you see it as a problem? I, I, I really don't see it as a problem. And so I don't make it to mean anything. Therefore it doesn't cause me anxiety. You know, when I'm with my family gathering, yeah, someone's probably going to go off on a political thing, you know, and it's like, Oh, interesting cool. That's, I, I never thought of it that way. Very interesting. Not going to change. You know, like it didn't really change my point of view. Never, it really, never really does. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's fine that they think that way, you know? Do you think that your parents had a, an influence on the seven of you as well, growing up in terms of making sure that, you know, everyone stays open-minded and that conversations are had at the table to be, like you said, be respectful of each other's opinions, et cetera. Cause you guys are quite close in age. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. I feel like, um, my parents are, I feel like when people meet my parents, they, they come to me, they're like, oh my goodness, your parents are amazing. They are the most incredible listeners. And that's usually what people will comment about about them. And just like with everything, like the eye contact, the, the genuine interest and just the curiosity. So I definitely feel like I learned that from my parents where I think that's all other people want is to feel understood. We don't have to agree with other people. People don't even want you to agree with them. They just, they just want to feel understood. And so I definitely feel that I felt that as a child, I felt understood. I knew, I knew that the rules were the rules, but my dad, like I could come and talk to my dad and say, you know, this is what I, I knew that he would at least have a conversation around it and negotiate something. It wasn't probably going to be the perfect terms that I wanted, but I knew he would hear me out on it. And so I appreciated that as a child and as a teen and growing up, like now I, I do feel like that has 
definitely filtered into our adulthood. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful, beautiful relationship right there. <laughs> Thanks. It's definitely, I don't want to give any perspective that it's perfect by any means, you know, but I do, I do feel like it's there is understanding behind behind. Uh, but I think the bottom line that you know we're talking about in this episode clearly it's really mindset right it's it's, and it's the growth mindset it's just healthy mindset it's being respectful of one another uh you know and just holding space for each individual and and not letting things affect you or affect them but just saying I hear you cool that's great uh you know I agree or disagree and it's okay absolutely absolutely and being grateful that they're showing up for them, like they're true them. Like I'm not, I want them, they're really good at being them and I'm really good at being me. And can't we just show up like that? Like my expectation, when I get frustrated with somebody else, (laughs) I'm putting my expectation of who I am on them. I'm saying, if I were that person, then I would have shown up and I would have said these and these and these things. Well, how fun is that? That like, again, like I don't want a whole world of me. Like that would actually not play out that well. (laughs) I want, I want the diversity with that. And I want to honor that person for showing up in their true self and being okay with that, knowing that that's going to be completely different than the way that I show up. Yeah. And I'm sure you, uh, constantly tell your kids that too. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Talk about, okay. We could do a whole nother podcast on expectations of parenthood of, you know, I want this for my child, this, 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 and this, and this, but I choose, I really, I, I have to continually choose this because again, I'm not perfect at this. And I kind of tend to go back in the old mindset, but the mindset that I intentionally choose is I'm really excited to see my kid's life play out. It is beautiful and it is exciting. And I don't have an expectation. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do for a living. I don't know who their, who their partner is going to be. I don't know anything. And I'm so excited to see that play out, but we just don't know. <laughs> we'll just continue to follow you on, uh, on your Instagram and we will, we will all yes. <laughs> whatever future medium uh, emerges, you know, now there's TikTok. who knows what's next. Uh, well, I, I think we're kind of re- coming up to our time now. So again, just a few last words from you. Uh, I will add all the links so people can find you and follow you. Uh, we could potentially do a future collaboration, a virtual event sure. with you. For the listeners who are listening to this episode and resonate with your storyline, what would you last few words share with them? Yes. Yes. Well, I love connecting with people. I feel like stories are what, what get me excited, what I live for. We all have stories and, um, to know somebody is to love them. And when you hear their story, you can't help but fall in love with them. Right. Because you just, you really do. I feel like we're all, we're all very much the same. We have different experiences, but we have the same things that we're going through on, on it in general. And so, um, I, I love connecting with people. I love hearing people's stories. So I, I, if don't hesitate to reach out, share your story, share your experience. And, um, I hope to be able to follow your story as well. I feel like you just helped me do like a PR (laughs) promotion right there (laughs) on what Curito does and what Curito Connects is all about. 
connecting, sharing stories. This is why Jen, you and I have connected. Like this is why we reconnected. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jen. That was so fun to chat with you. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Curito Connects. For more Connects content, collaborations, and discoveries set to inspire you on your own individual journey, please head to our website at www.curito.co. Until next time, stay inspired and thank you for joining us at Curito Connects. Thank you.